You are listening to We Woke Up Like This, and I am your host, Joya Sosnowski. I am dedicated to the soul's growth and seeing the higher self embodied, expanded, and expressed in every woman. Hello, lights and souls. Reverend Joya here to help you live your best vibe. And I'm going to move my microphone a little bit closer. There we go. And today we are going to talk about a post that I shared on Instagram. And what it says, there's this beautiful image that I created. And then the quote says, what you're seeking is already who you are. You only need allow it to guide you. It's kind of like that roomy quote, right? What you're seeking is seeking you. But what if what you're seeking is already who you are? Let's unpack this, shall we? (laughs) So the analogy that came to me when I shared this quote was that you are, I am, we all are like an operating system, like a computer with an operating system. So think about your computer when you bought your computer brand new and you took it out of the box and you plugged it in and you have this operating system with all this memory and all this space and there's nothing taking up any space or telling it what to do. It just has this operating system already installed. It comes pre-installed. And we are like that. And our operating system that we come pre-installed with is your human design, your gene keys, your astrology chart, all of these different methodologies, your numerology. There's all these different ways to determine who you are programmed, shall we say, not programmed, operated as, came as an operating system to be. You're not programmed yet. You've already come, like, here's your model. Here's all you are. It comes pre-installed with your... Uh, your likes and your dislikes and your personality and your talents and your gifts and your abilities and your IQ, you come pre-installed with all these things that lay out the groundwork for the potential. Then along comes your family. And many of us were raised by less than enlightened people who installed all these programs, all these programming into us about their beliefs, their stories, um, their traditions, their biases, and they all got installed into us. And what that taught us, like 99% of the time, is that we are not okay being who we are. And so we fight our operating system and we've installed all these programs that we are now running, that are now running the show, right? So we've got all these things going on now on the surface. And this is when we live life from the outside in, meaning we're not very inwardly focused. We don't notice what we're thinking about. We're easily triggered emotionally. Um, you see it all around you. I don't need to point out the examples. We've all been this unconscious person, right? Where we've, we're just programmed. We're on autopilot. So what I wrote was, you know, the work is uninstalling these programs to return to the perfection of your operating system that never needs an update because at the heart of you is an energetic force of divine perfection, waiting patiently for you to answer the calling that you feel towards something else, toward healing, something more than who you're being, something more than this habitual life. And the work is to learn to listen within and to trust yourself to be guided by that voice of love that lives inside of you. Listening to this voice and learning to trust this voice has been my life's work as I myself have done the work to and continue to do the work to uninstall the beliefs of not being wanted not belonging, unworthiness, and shame. So this is the conversation I want to dive deeper into around this topic, because this is a really important topic about 
How do we uninstall these programs? How do we recondition? How do we restore ourselves? How do we reboot ourselves back to our originally our, our original operating system, our original program of who we're here to be? And the answer is that you answer that call inside of you. So what is that call? And I wrote down some notes here on my phone as I was going around. I have a, I put all my notes on my phone on the. If you guys don't use the handy dandy notes app on your phone, I mean, mine has so many notes because as I'm, as I'm thinking, I'm talk noting to myself so that I remember what I'm thinking about. So I'm going to pull up my notes that I wrote about this this morning because I wanted to do a really deep dive about this. So hold on just a moment, please stand by. I will edit this. I'll be right back in just a moment. The show.
the first question in doing this work, right? When we start to do this consciousness work of discovering and uninstalling these programs is we have to come in touch with the voice that's in our head to notice the voice that's in our head. Now I've heard somewhere that some people don't have this inner dialogue going. And so this probably isn't for you. I don't even understand what that world would be like (laughs) because I have a very busy mind. So we're going to learn though, how to distinguish between the voice of the ego and the voice of love, because the voice of love comes from that divine spark of perfection that is in there, that's installed in all of us, that remains burning at the heart, at the core of who you truly are. And this energy is the energy that calls you forward into greater expansion and greater um, expression in your life. And if we didn't have this energy, it's an, it's an evolutionary energy. It's the evolutionary energy that wants us to grow and become more and more and more of who we really are. Just like this same energy causes, I've used this analogy a million times, causes the oak tree to be the oakiest, biggest tree it can be, or an apple tree to be the appleest apple tree it can be and give the juiciest fruits it can. We are the same. We are the same. And you cannot for one second tell me that the creator, the divine intelligence who gave that intelligence to flowers and trees and everything in nature did not put that intelligence in us. I absolutely know that it did. And so it's in there. And so that number one, the first thing to know is just that very desire to change anything in your life because change is hard. Maybe that's a belief. Change is as hard as we make it be. How about that? The very belief, the very desire that you have for change is that spark, is that evolutionary energy within you that wants you to express who you truly are in the world because there's no one else like you. So how do we distinguish between the voice of the ego and the voice of love? Because these are the two voices and the two dialogues that we have going on inside of us. The voice of ego versus the voice of love. First of all, when you tune into the voice in your head and you start paying attention to the things that you're thinking about, this is the first key. This is the groundwork that you have to start at to transform your consciousness and it's self-awareness. Self-awareness is the foundational work that we all have to do to become aware of what's going on within our inner world so that we can course correct it. So the first thing to do and to notice in the in the voice in your mind, the voice in your head, the voice that's speaking to you is the tone and the quality of the voice. Just like you hear a tone and a quality of a voice externally, you hear this tone and quality also internally. The ego's voice manifests as critical, fearful, and judgmental. It's louder, it's more insistent, and sometimes, a lot of the time, it has anxiety attached to it. In contrast, the voice of love is compassionate, understanding, and peaceful. It's gentle, reassuring, and self-nurturing. So these are the two ways that we can learn to talk to ourselves. And I'm going to talk about how you cultivate that at the end of this, uh, what I'm talking about here. The second is the focus. What are you focusing on? Ego-driven thoughts are typically self-centered and they focus on winning, being right, or asserting your dominance. They often involve comparison, competition, and a sense of lack. On the other hand, the voice of love emphasizes connection, unity, and empathy. It's inclusive and considers the well-being of both the self and others. There's a conscious coherence uh, and a conscious, um, 
oh, what's the word I'm looking? Congruence, a con a conscious coherence and congruence that what you are being called to do and express and expand in the world is not only just for you. If you're in service of the divine, it serves not just you, it serves source and therefore serves everyone around you because that's what love seeks to do. Love seeks expansion. The third way to know if it's ego or the voice of love is that it's oriented in time. The ego is always preoccupied with the shoulda, woulda, coulda of the past. This ruminating voice that we have that self-judges constantly. And I'm not a big South Park watcher, watcher, but there's a character called Captain Hindsight that my friend told me about that made me laugh so hard. Because he come pops up in a in a disaster and he's like, you should have done this, you should have done that. And everyone's like, thanks, Captain Hindsight. So that's what I say to that voice in my head when it pops in and it's like, well, you should have said this, you should have done that. I just say, thank you, Captain Hindsight. <laughs> thank you so much for popping in. You can go now. Not helpful. The voice of love, on the other hand, things to the present. What's happening in the present moment? It encourages mindfulness and appreciation of what is happening now. The voice of love always notices the good, the holy, and the beautiful, because that's what we're all here to create. The fourth thing that the ego versus love voice does is that it evokes the feelings to pay attention to the feelings that are being evoked within you. Ego evokes feelings of anxiety, envy, anger, or inadequacy. It often leads to a sense of unrest or dissatisfaction. In contrast, the voice of love brings a sense of calm, acceptance, and contentment. It promotes feelings of gratitude and joy, which are two of the highest feelings that a human being can manifest in their inner universe. The fifth way is outcome. The ego seeks immediate gratification and often prompts reactive short-term solutions, Decision based on ego bring quick results, but not long-lasting satisfaction or harmony. Decisions influenced by the voice of love, on the other hand, are usually more thoughtful, considerate, and lead to long-term well-being and fulfillment. So that reminds me of the quote of um, that says, don't sacrifice what you really want for what you want right now. And that's what the ego does. It sacrifices what you really want for the immediate satisfaction, the immediate gratification that usually also can oftentimes involve escaping the present moment that we have addictions that we are using in the present moment to escape where we actually are in the present moment. And the last way to know if you're speaking uh, to yourself with the voice of love or the voice of ego is with the sensations that are happening in your body. This is a deep embodiment practice. Awakening is a deep embodiment practice and coming back home and into your vessel, your vehicle, your your beautiful temple, your sanctuary, whatever you want to call your body, your vehicle, your, your computer. So body sensations, tuning into your body will give you clues. <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. When I, when this analogy, these analogies, when they come to me, by the way, the way that my mind works is I I get these visuals of like whole pictures. I see the whole thing. And then I got to try to break it down of what it means when I see this visual knowing. And so the ego-driven thoughts provide tension. I mean, provide ego-driven thoughts, create tension a feeling of heaviness or discomfort in the body. So if you're noticing that your shoulders are tense, you're breathing shallow, you're feeling restless, you're feeling anxiety, you're feeling heavy, that heavy feeling in your body, 
in your heart, especially that's the voice of the ego because love-based thoughts align with a sense of lightness, ease, and warmth in the body. So, you know, when you're having the, um, manifesting gratitude or awe or wonder or joy or uh, witnessing a beautiful moment. It feels warm. You feel like a sense of warmth, right? In your chest. It's so beautiful. Learning to recognize these differences takes practice and self-awareness. And how do we go about cultivating self-awareness? You know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to (laughs) say. Mindfulness. And of course, the way that I like to approach mindfulness is through sound. Your senses are a gateway into the present moment. And especially if you approach them with a sense of witnessing instead of reacting, if you approach them with a sense of just wonder and noticing, noticing what's happening inside the body, noticing what you're hearing, noticing what you're tasting, noticing what you're smelling, right? All of these are gateways to the present moment because we experience life right here, right now. The thought that you're noticing, is already the thought that's passed. So when you start meditating seriously and you're practicing rhythmic meditation, like drumming or sound healing, sound bathing, singing, toning, chanting, these are all my favorite ways to come in and art making actually, because all of these do for me, bring me into the space of flow and flow is being hyper-present in the present moment because there's no time and there's no thought And you just become this pure channel, this pure vessel, this pure energy flowing conduit for the creative source. And it comes through in what you are expressing, what you are naturally can get into this flow space around. So get your journals out because here are some questions to ask yourself to get yourself in touch with that voice of love that is within you instead of the voice of fear. The first one is what would I do if I knew I could not fail? What would I do if I knew I could not fail? And I'm sure you've heard that question before. It's a common coaching question, but it's an important question to answer and maybe not even fail. What would I do if I had all the money in the world and I could do what I wanted? What would I do if I knew I wouldn't be judged? What would I do if I wasn't afraid to use my voice. What would I do if, right? So fill in that, fill in that blank for you. What is, what is the answer to that question? What would I do if I knew I could not fail? And it encourages you to step away from you, uh, your fear-based thinking. I'm reading my notes again, your fear-based thinking, uh, which are typical of the ego and step into a space of pure potential and love. It invites you to consider possibilities from a place of love, support, and infinite capability, which already exists for you. And this is what I'm talking about in the original quote, what you want already exists within you. It's just the work to learn to listen and trust it and step into it. And asking this, what would I choose if I knew I could not fail? What would I choose to do if I knew I could not fail? What would I choose to do if I knew I was fully capable of doing it, right? So if you want to reframe that word from failure to capability, what would you do if you knew you absolutely could? What would you do? The second question, how would I respond to a loved one in this situation? This is where the self-judgment piece comes in. So all of this work around self-awareness, 
self-awareness and self-judgment are not the same thing. I want to say that right now. So if it's, if you're noticing that judging voice, that's the ego self-love doesn't judge. And what if instead you approach every learning, well, approach everything as learning. How about that? You approach everything as a lesson that you're learning. What is this teaching me? That's such a great question. How would I respond to a loved one in this situation might be asking them, what is this teaching you? What has this taught you? Because the ego is self-critical and love is nurturing and understanding. By imagining how you would advise or comfort a loved one in a similar situation can tap into a more compassionate and empathetic perspective. And sometimes I will even dialogue journal like this. My nose has itched more during this conversation than it ever has in my whole life, I think. I think I'm allergic to something in my office. So this is one of the questions that they ask also in mindful self-compassion. And that's really what we're talking about here. The voice from love comes from mindful self-compassion, comes from noticing how we're talking to ourselves and saying, I would not talk to a random stranger like that. So I'm certainly not going to talk to myself like that. How would you talk to your best friend? How would you talk to your child? How would you talk to your spouse? How would you, however, however that answer is, talk to yourself that same way. The third one is, what am I grateful for in this moment? Gratitude is a powerful expression of love that shifts focus away from ego's preoccupations with lack or being dissatisfied. This question helps you anchor in the present moment and opens your heart to love's abundance and possibility. The fourth question, what feelings arise when I think about letting go of a belief or an action. So when we're anchoring in those thoughts and we notice that recurring thought, um, let's say we have a thought that just says all the time, like, um, I don't know what's a common one. I guess there's common fears. There's only a four f- few fears that are true for everybody, shame, unworthiness. But let's say like, okay, I'll use my own example. I have a voice in my head or had a voice in my head. That was who I call the eater that she, uh, kicks up and instructs me to go eat. And it just occurred to me that I said, just because I have a thought doesn't mean I have to act on it. That's a very important distinction, especially when you're trying to break out of those autopilot habits that you've had for a long time. Just because I've had a thought doesn't mean I have to act on it. So the the voice in my head would always just say, uh, it'd come into this comparison. And and actually the wording behind that was what's the point? That's her energy is, is what's the point? Why bother? Why try? Go eat. Offering me a distraction from my fear of disappointment, which I talked about this on my last podcast episode. So when I notice that voice and I tell her, I'm not hungry just because I have a thought doesn't mean I have to listen to it. What is this teaching me right now? And the answer is it's teaching me to choose self-love. It's teaching me to choose courage. It's teaching me to make the phone call instead of avoiding whatever it was I was trying to avoid. So what feelings arise when I think about letting go of that voice and I have a conversation with her. I actually had a little, a mini little uh, funeral ceremony for my eater voice because she's pretty much gone now. Actually, she doesn't pop in anymore because I've, I've not entertained it anymore. I'm like, sorry, I don't want you in this house anymore. You're not welcome here. And I had a little ceremony to say goodbye, but what feelings arose when I let go of that? It was scary because she's been with me for so long. And even in the work of doing that and the letting go of it, she was saying like, who do you think you're going to be without me? Like it was this very dramatic thing, which I just wrote all of that down and burned it. Right. So that's burn ceremonies are so powerful. The fifth question and the last question. 
in what ways am I similar to the person I'm in conflict with? This is for when we are having conflicts and we're not, uh, when we're in judgment, whether it's our boss, whether it's a situation that we're in, that we're judging, there's oftentimes a similarity that's there that's teaching you something. And I can use another example from my own life with this. And that was that my husband and I used to have a very, very uh, dysfunctional relationship. We, we instantly saw the light in each other, which meant that we could instantly see the dark in each other at the same time. So we brought out each other's shadows for a very long time. And then one day he said something really mean to me and I stormed off. And then my wise voice dropped in that has dropped in so many times in my life. And she said, what in you thinks this is true that it hurts you so much. Ouch, 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 (laughs) but it's very true. And so I sat and journaled all the things that he said that I was judging myself for. This is how we get rid of shame. This is how we get rid of the hooks that other people have over us. This is how we take our power back when something hurts your feelings and you can actually, rather than lash out and react, you can go within and say, what in me thinks this is true, that this is hurting me so much. And then have a really honest conversation about that. Then you have the power to respond instead of react, to create instead of react, which remember those are the exact same letters. A creator is a reactor. I mean, a reactor is a creator who got all mixed up, right? So when we can come into this self-awareness and ask ourselves in love, what in me is asking for healing? What in me is being poked? Where's the wound? Where's the wound? And when you can say, oh, that's the wound, that's the wound. Because a perfect example of this is if somebody called you something that you don't take personally, and the only reason you take something personally is because you have an energetic, emotional attachment to that definition, then it doesn't bother you, right? It doesn't bother you. If somebody called me stupid, it wouldn't bother me because I know I'm not stupid. I would just laugh and be like, okay, I'm not stupid. And it wouldn't bug me. Right. But if somebody said, uh, let's say back in the back in the day when my feelings were triggered and was like, you're a terrible mother. Uh, ouch, that triggered my own fear, my own belief that I'm a terrible mother because that was a story I was telling myself all the time. So I hope that makes sense. Hey, loves, as I was editing and listening back to this, I do want to add something about narcissists right here in this little place, because Um, I've been through a relationship with a narcissistic person and I have a really good friend who is ending a relationship with a narcissistic person. And there are people out there who prey on the wounded and they know how to manipulate and weasel their way in. So when it comes to being hurt, by somebody else. And then you taking responsibility for your feelings, right? That's where your power is. And to really pay attention and to really notice where somebody is gaslighting you, where somebody is um, breaking you down, breaking down how you feel, breaking down your perceptions, breaking down, taking you away from your friendships, taking you, telling you, you need to be different than you are trying to control your behaviors trying to manipulate you into some model that they want you to be in. Those are the red flags for you to be on alert for with the narcissist, the love bombing. Like it all starts with like this massive love bombing. And then one day 
they rip that rug out from under you and it feels confusing and disorienting. And then they half-assed apologize while blaming you that it was your fault that they did what they did. That's the number one key of a narcissist right there. It's always your fault. They never take responsibility for their actions. So when you're doing this work of taking responsibility for your actions, it's very important for you to set up those energetic boundaries around what's yours and what's not yours. And red flags are red for a reason. And red flags don't turn into green flags. Red flags mean stop. They never mean go. They never turn into flags that say, yeah, go for it. So if you're in that kind of a relationship, don't ignore how you feel. It's a It rips apart your self-trust. It rips apart your self-esteem. It rips apart your perception of reality in a way that can be very disorienting and very difficult to come back from. So I just wanted to add that little tidbit in right here in this conversation around owning what's your responsibility and knowing what's not yours. If someone's trying to hurt your feelings, if someone's trying to tear you down, if someone's trying to rip who you are apart, get that person out of your life immediately. They're not going to change. They're not going to change. They're not going to change. And it's not about you. It's about them. This energy of what you're already seeking is already who you are. Know that. And so when you can tune into that, what's calling me forward? What is wanting expansion? What is seeking expression? What is it that I'm that I'm wanting? What wants to be different? Why do I want to change? I mean, the world of self-personal development and uh, all of this work is a huge, huge empire, right? We have all these coaches doing all this work and all these schools and all these things when it's a really basic question of self-awareness. And that's what in me is seeking expansion? What in me is seeking expression? And what are all the ways and things that I'm doing and have done that are blocking it? In what ways do I feel like what I want are not okay? In what ways am I judging myself for what I want? And then asking, how can I step into that today? What are some little steps I can take today? And it can just begin by something as simple as how you're thinking about yourself, how you're talking about yourself, how you're talking to yourself, and really, really, really paying attention to those thoughts and to the words you're using about who you think you are in the world. And as you begin to change the way you think about yourself, the outside world begins to change around you because you are the electromagnetic being living in an electromagnetic world and you are the sculptor in this 3d realm of creation you're the sculptor you're the creator you get to create your life so when we step into the power of conscious creation that's where life gets beautiful it's where life gets interesting it's where life gets fascinating and to know that this is a cycle this is a spiral it's a constant process of birth death and rebirth. We come at it again and again and again, because the net, there's always, there's always evolution. All we have to do is look, look to nature and it teaches us in the whole cycle of the year, right? In the winter time, this is the time of the death. This is the time of going inward. This is the time of hibernating. This is the time of renewal and asking, what do I, this is the time to go in and ask these questions. What do I really want? What's wanting me? What's wanting to come out of me? What is wanting to grow out of me? What's the, what are the ideas that I'm having? What's this energy and exploring that and not being afraid to explore that so that in springtime, those beautiful seeds that you've planted and let rest begin to bloom a little bit. These little baby blooms start to come out in your life and you get to nourish them and choose what you want to grow. 
So I hope this was very helpful to you. These are just some of the simple processes. Simple, I say simple. Self-awareness is um, a practice. And the more that you practice noticing and being in your self-awareness, the more present that you can stay to notice and to self-correct those self-judgmental thoughts, those fearful thoughts, the voices of the ego versus the voice of love, and then to correct and ask, what would the voice of love say instead of this? And you'll get the answers because the voice of love will chime in. What does the voice of love in me want to say right now about this instead of the voice of the ego? What does the voice of love want me to know? What would the voice of love like me to say? You'll be surprised by what comes up. That's it for today's episode. And oh, I will be in California, Northern California next week. If you're in Northern California, come and drum, join me for a, come and drum me. <laughs> Don't drum me, drum my drums. Come and join me for a sacred rhythmic drum circle at uh, Saratoga, California, and then in Sacramento, California on Saturday. You can find the links on my website, vibology.com. And on Monday, the 20th, which is the kicking off the week of Thanksgiving here in the States, I'm going to be doing a very beautiful, very powerful sound journey uh, to invoke the feelings of gratitude and the feelings of joy. So I hope you'll join me for that. All the signups are on my website, vibology.com. And I wish you all a blessed and beautiful day and to stay in alignment with that voice of love because what is seeking expansion and expression through you is something that only you can bring to the world and the world needs your magic. All right, loves, I will see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to We Woke Up Like This. I would appreciate a like, a subscribe, and a follow wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, send me an email, joya at vibology.com. Thank you so much.